Welcome and thank you for listening to another episode of the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Brought to you by the wonderful people at the Grasshopper. Yeah! For all your medicinal recreational needs, Grasshopper got you today. Woo! Today is like our, it's our one year anniversary of having this young man here in front of me today. Came back in to give us some updates on the city and what's going on in our fair town of Chula Vista. Ladies and gentlemen, the most recently promoted, Lieutenant David Oyos. <laughs> Everyone's cheering for you, bro. Everyone's. Get on that dude. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks you for, uh, for having me back on. Don't use that little voice with me, bro. We're just outside. We were pounding pints and, you know, <laughs> go to Oktoberfest. I had a beer. You did not. I don't. Sober October. Okay. Sober October, hey. bro. Much respect. Police officers, man. You guys... You guys don't have an easy, one, you don't have an easy job, duh. You know, you put your life on the line every day. But two, you don't get all the love and accolades that a fireman gets, right? I mean, we were talking about that earlier. We have a mutual friend, Daryl Roberts, who's in the Chula Vista Fire Department. And I want to say his job is probably not as stressful as it relates to dealing with uh, the community it is with you guys. You guys seem to get, you know, the, the, the shit end of the stick for anything. There's no right. There's, it, it's, it's always negative reaction towards you guys first. And then it's like, oh, okay. You know, it just seems like a, it's, it's a very difficult job. Well, I mean, it always has been. And obviously law enforcement's made, made its mistakes, right? And, uh, and people, uh, rightfully so, I think, have looked at the profession uh, differently than they would have before. Um, yes, uh, people don't look at us like they do uh, the fire, fire department, especially <laughs> Daryl. You've seen Daryl. He's like a human Barbie doll, right? Yeah, so, the Barbie, not yeah, Ken. Yeah, for sure. Damn, uh, but uh, I love him. Uh, and he's listening, so he knows that's true. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's always been a tough profession and uh, things are cyclical though, right? Like I can remember after 9-11, people loved the police, right? People came- Shit, they, people loved really Giuliani back in that day, man. Yeah, people people <laughs> brought stuff to the police. They brought food. I mean, they could not show their appreciation enough, right? And then, you know, people have seen a darker side of the profession and, and, um, and that we've had some- you know, some bad, some bad eggs, uh, you know, uh, rightfully so get exposed and get prosecuted. We talked about Derek Chauvin last time I was here. Right. And I, I said, Hey, I got to believe in the system because if I didn't, I wouldn't be very good at my job. And he got, you, uh, you went out on a limb and you said that, you know, you were very much against what he did and that's not proper procedure and you weren't in favor of what he did. Oh, yeah, did you no. get some backlash in, in, in here locally for that with, with your, your peers? I wouldn't call it backlash. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, I think in general, uh, law enforcement officers don't, don't put themselves out, uh, to give an opinion, uh, because I feel like a lot of times, uh, there's, Dude, this is going to be more harm for you than just coming out here on the podcast, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I get shit for ha for having you on here. I get, she's like, Oh, you're a bootlicker. It's like, no, bro. I actually know this guy. Yeah. I know Lieutenant oils. Like I've golfed with him. I've hung out with him. He's a good dude. At the same time. Not all of you guys are good dudes. That goes for any profession. 
Sure. That goes for anything. We just went, like we were talking about earlier, we just went through something here in the brewing industry. You know, everybody thinks the brewing industry is on the up and up. It's cool. It's this, it's that. There are some real douchebags in this industry and they've recently been called out. And I'd like to say that, you know, as a, as a community in this industry, we came together and kind of like, you know, did our best to uh, oust them as well. Being a police officer, you guys fucking are probably on alert like that all the time. If one of your, your what, what do you call your fellow police officer? If one of your- Fuck, I don't know. My peers, my one partners. of your one of your peers, one of your partners gets into some shit. You guys have to be quick to address and be like, hey, one, we don't approve of what's going on here. One bad apple doesn't ruin the bunch. How do you guys hold these guys accountable? Well, I mean, I think it's really easy nowadays. I mean, uh, there's not too much that we do now without a cell phone camera being pointed at us, <laughs> right? I go to eat, I go to the mall, eat lunch, and I'll turn around and there's four cameras pointed at well, me. Well, yeah, that's because you have like fucking four burritos in front of you. They want to see, can this little guy really eat all of these burritos? Well, I was bringing them here. You, so. <laughs> so when you go out to the public that, and you're on lunch, obviously, you're on off duty. You're well, not off duty. You're in your uniform. You, you always get people just kind of like hovering and just cameras come out for, for no reason if you're not even interacting. Yeah. Yeah. all those things, why would you want to be a police officer? You know, like if all of these things, like we've talked a lot, even like before podcasts or after podcasts, and you just give me a bunch of scenarios, a lot of things that you've had to like endure and go through. And that being the case, why would you even want to still be a police officer or become one or advise people to like, Hey, join the force. Like what is your driving force right now? What is the guiding light on still being a police officer? Yeah. Well, cause I, you're one of the good ones. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, I think for me, like, like I'm all in, right? I mean, I enjoy uh, serving. Um, I've been uh, almost 21 years. Damn. Uh, uh, come January, it'll be 21 years. Uh, I've, I've grown to enjoy the job uh, and going through all the ups and downs, right? Like I said, we, we've had great times. We've had really bad times. Uh, I think it's, it's cyclical, but I, I think we need people who are invested in this profession to ensure that it keeps moving along the right path. But the question you ask, why would you want to be a police officer is the reason why uh, nationally there is a shortage in police officers because when these uh, kids are getting out of college now and trying to figure out what they want to do for their careers, uh, being a police officer isn't at the top of their list as it once was back in the day. Coming out of college, you know, very fresh in life, figuring things out, I have my fucking degree, or maybe I don't, I dropped out of college. Two years in, I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. What does the police force have to offer me? What, what would entice me to want to join Chula Vista Police Department? What am I looking at? What's the pay? What are the benefits? Why would I, is there a signing bonus? Like, what are the things that would be appealing to a 22-year-old man or woman looking to join the Chula Vista Police Department? Yeah, so I think um, what is appealing for our department uh, is the pay and benefits, Right. So it, it's hard because when we have these kids coming out of college and paying, a lot of them live at home with their parents still. Uh, they don't need benefits because they have their parents. So when we try to sell pay and benefits, they don't really care about the benefits. Right. Because they're not. They don't so, have kids. They don't really. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that doesn't concern them with. However, um, you know, as they get older and, the, and they, they get out on their own and they, they get married and they realize, wow, the benefits are, are very, are very good. Right. So we have very good very good pay, uh, very good benefits. Uh, we just signed a contract. We got a raise uh, earlier this year. It put us for this year, number one pay in the County of San Diego. Oh, wow. Uh, which is great because we were at the bottom. Uh, we were at the very bottom. We, we went through a very long time where our department was very well compensated. 
and then it, it went away and we hadn't caught up yet. And so, uh, so now you guys are back this year. Yeah. We're back. Chula Vista police department back on top. And the problem, uh, and the reason I think that we were able to do that is because we couldn't fill our openings. Currently we have 43, uh, openings for the city. Chula as we Vista. speak right now, right now, as we speak, that includes the 13 people in the Academy. So technically we're, uh, 56 officers short right now. Oof. Um, and so we needed to do something to help entice people to come to our department versus going to any other department. Another thing I think that's very attractive uh, is our uh, retirement plans, right? So anytime you're part of a government agency, you know, you get a vested retirement. There's a pension. There is a pension that comes with huh. it. And so I think that those three things, uh, salary benefits, uh, retirement plan is what, in my opinion, should entice people for the, um, I think the comfort level that it gives you. Uh, for your family, right? So you can provide for your family. Um, but also in the sense that I think you're doing, you're doing a job that has a lot of meaning. You're doing a job that, um, you know, serving the community has been very important to me. I've, I've, uh, I've learned, again, we talked about this last time, right? I've spent more of my uh, adult, half of my adult life here working for the city of Chula Vista. I'm very vested here in the community. Um, come on, you know, talking to you and, and doing things like that in the community. So, you love us so much. You don't even live here, bro. What's going on? Yeah, that's true. We talk Do you find that being a, a, a common denominator, like not to live in the community that you guys work in or is that just random, whatever? Yeah, I think it's a random thing. I think it's, uh, it's kind of split down the middle. Honestly, we have a ton of officers that do live here in the city. Um, I, I don't have a number for you, but I would, if I was to guess, I would say it's probably split 50, 50. Let's backtrack. You were talking about how there's 56 current openings where Chulavis Police Department forces down 56 people. What does that mean to the community? What does that mean to the city of Chula Vista? Like, how do we, how can we firsthand, like, witness what the, the, the ramifications of us not having enough police officers? Yeah, so that, you know, that question, it's a great question, and it's a tough one to answer because, you know, I could point at, you know, the, the rise uh, in crime, right, violent crime uh, here in the city, but then the naysayers or the, the people who would oppose me would say, well, it's up everywhere, right? It's up. Is that, is that true? It's up everywhere. It's up everywhere. Yeah. It's a, a nationally crime is, is way up. Why? What, what do you attribute that to? A lot of, I mean, I think we're uh, right now we're in a, uh, we have a culture of uh, I think people don't respect authority as much as they used to. Uh, I think um, uh, people aren't as afraid to go to jail as they used to, because we talked earlier, some of the propositions, Prop 47, there's all these different, um, you know, legislation that was passed that where we can't take people to jail anymore. A lot of people know if they commit crimes, they'll just get a ticket and, and go on another day. There's, there are less, I think, um, uh, penalties, and there's less for people to fear for committing crime these days. Um, couple that with the fact that we have so many openings, uh, that there is a, a national crisis as it comes to uh, employment with uh, police departments. Um, I mean, all those things together, I think, is is what you would attribute to um, you know the rise in crime. Take me through the hierarchy. Last time you were in, you were Sergeant Oyos. Now you're Lieutenant Oyos. What does that mean? How many lieutenants are there? Like who? How many more people are in front of you, bro? Yeah. So <laughs> in in front of me, we have three captains and a police chief. Okay. Um, oh, so you're you're the, on the third. So it's police chief, captains, lieutenant, and then sergeant. Correct. Oh, nice. Look at me learning on the fly. Jeez. Smart man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a, 11 other lieutenants on our department. Oh, so there's 11 lieutenants. There All right. Is, and yeah. it's everyone in a different field or a different department or. Yeah. So we have five lieutenants assigned to patrol, which is where I'm at. Uh, and then the other six are in various other positions in the department. 
what's the goal for you? Ultimately, what is it that you want to strive to become within Chula Vista Police Department yeah. or outside of police the Chula Vista Police Department? Yeah, I think, um, you know, right now um, I'm, I'm less than a year on in my new role. Uh, my goal is just, you know, to maintain be, <laughs> is to be good at, at the role I'm in right now. I'm very, uh, being back in patrol, uh, it's funny when, when folks are in patrol, you can't wait to get out of patrol. And then you get out of patrol and I wouldn't say you can't wait to get back to patrol, but now that I'm back, uh, I realize how much I, I enjoy it. What does what patrol consist of? So uh, our patrol division are the folks that you see in, in the black and whites in uniform. The dude posted up at Benita High School with his little, with the radar gun hiding perched behind another car. That would probably be our traffic division Jeez. that you're talking about. They are a part of patrol. Dude, okay, so I'm leaving UPS, right? And I know, because I go the same route every day. Sure. And I'm like, so now I'm like, all right, right over this hill. Passing, passing, uh, what is that? Redlands, whatever that is. No, not sorry, across from Tiffany School. Passing right over there. I think it's Rutgers, actually. You pass over the Rutgers Hill. And then I know right there I can see Bonita High School, the parking lot. And you can't see the police officer that's there perched behind the car with the radar gun out. But I know he's there because I do this drive every day. And, there's, and I drive slow now. I'm like, all right, you know, because as soon as you go over the hill, that's when I feel like, all right, the radar gun, is, it, it's on me. You know, I feel it's going to be there, so I better slow down. Dudes behind me get all heated. I ah, start honking. And I'm like, bitch, go around me. See what happens. I think it was two weeks ago. Some guy went right by me and kind of looked at me all aggressively and floored it. Bro, right when we went over the hill. And then this never happens. You know, when you know people drive like all aggressively and are assholes and rage driving, it's like, oh, I wish it was a police officer here right now. Motherfucking copper is never here when I need him. This dude was here when I needed him, bro. I saw I saw that the police officer was there and this dude just kind of like mm, revved right by me, bro. And then I saw the police officer just kind of step. This motherfucker puts his life in danger. It looks like he almost steps into the middle of the road, puts his hand up and starts flagging him down. So when he's <laughs> I drive by, I just honk and I give him like the deuces. And he goes, butt hurt, bro. Thank you to that police officer, that traffic patrol officer that was there handing out tickets. That dude is there all the time. Sneaky guy, bro. Well, I'm onto his tricks, but he's a sneaky guy. Well, he was there for a reason. Oh well, yeah. And that day he, uh, he, uh, he showed you at least the reason he's there, you know, around the schools, we get a lot of traffic complaints, right? Parents, uh, school staff, you know, the, the traffic division, the guys on the bikes, they go where the traffic complaints are. So you'll never see a motor officer in a spot just cause he wants to be there. They're, they're there to address traffic complaints. And every single year, our city sends out a survey citizen survey, like what are your biggest concerns? Traffic speed is always number one every single year. That, and that's a citywide survey that goes out. True or false? There's a certain quota needed to be reached by uh, traffic patrol officers on a monthly basis and they are more active closer to the end of the month. And that's when the tickets come out. Oh, that's false. Damn, you're smiling when you say, I don't fucking believe you. <laughs> well, I'm smiling because I think it's, it's funny that people like have that uh -huh. opinion or they think that, right? All right so that's uh, false. I got to write that quotas down. Quotas are illegal. They've been, uh, there's, uh, I want to say federal law, uh -huh. I say state law, but I think it's federal law, um, that you can't, you can't have quotas. And as a union member, I will tell you that, uh, you know, you cannot have a supervisor telling somebody that you need to write so many tickets because the union will come right back and go, Oh, that sounds like a quota to me. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, our traffic guys, that's really their main job is to write tickets. So they don't really need a quota because, if you're out for 10 hours a day, you know, writing tickets, you're going to write your fair share. On average, how many tickets do patrol officers write per hour? So patrol, not many. I mean, no. because we have such a shortage, our, our officers basically just go call to call to call all day long. Really? There's very little traffic enforcement that's done by patrol. 
most of the traffic enforcement is done by the traffic division. Fortunately, dude, I live a very, a very vanilla lifestyle, bro. You know, like I said, I, I, I rarely got in trouble growing up with the police. I rarely had to, had the cops called to us or we rarely called the cops at all. Like there was, it was, you guys were non-existent in my life growing up. You're boring. I'm not going to fucking lie to you, bro. I am boring. I do my best to be my best. To this day, still, man, it's a very fucking boring life. I live close to the brewery. I walk very close. So it's, everything is within walking distances if needed, you know? What is, however, the turnaround time? I'm in fucking East Lake, bro, because East Lake, you know how they get down. They're grimy out there, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm in East Lake right now. Somebody's breaking in, attempted to break into my house. I'm fucking hiding because I'm a coward. So I'm under my bed and I'm like, hey, somebody's breaking into my house. Hurry. On average, how long does it get take for you guys to get out there and respond to this call? Because you said like you're all responding to calls on a one by one basis. Yeah. Does one take precedent to the other? You know, if there's three calls in front of that call, do you got all of a sudden say, oh shit, this fourth call, we got to put him on the top. How does that work? Yeah. So whenever you, uh, somebody calls in uh, to our dispatch center and, and says, hey, uh, you know, there's a crime occurring now, or I need to report something. When they enter it into our uh, computer, it, it's a sign of priority number. So priority one, uh, if we're no officers are available, they will clear officers. They will get on the radio and say, hey, you need to clear for this priority one. So our officers will have to tell somebody, I'm sorry, I have to come back to take your report. I have to go handle an emergency. Right Is somebody now. getting broken into a priority one? Yes. It is? Yeah, like a burglary in progress. Yeah. Okay. Somebody's in the house, absolutely. And then there's so many laws, right? I mean, I, <laughs> I watched a movie and it was like some dude broke into this dude's house and the guy grabbed his gun and he shot him and he ended up going to prison. But I guess he went to prison because the, 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 the perpetrator, is it, did I use it right? The perp, yeah, the perp was uh, leaving that dude's house and his back was turned to him. So he shot him and he said, well, he was already leaving, bro. You shouldn't have shot him. You know, at this point it's, it's murder. It's no longer self-defense because that guy was already on his way out and you shot him. Can I shoot somebody that comes into my, I mean, I don't have a gun, but if I did, could I shoot somebody that came into my house? What are the rules here? Well, I mean, there's so What are many, the fucking rules, man? <laughs> there's so many variables in that. Is there a lot of gray? It depends why. If this guy walks in your house and you didn't like the way he looked and that's why you shot him, mm. probably not okay, Ugh. right? But I didn't guy, invite him in. Is it like the vampire rule? Like if I don't invite him in, he can't come in? Uh, who is this? Shit, is, it, is this your Is this your brother-in-law? Mm. You invite him in? He's a good dude. I'll invite him in. Yeah. Cunella. So if somebody- Ned Flanders. <laughs> Ned Flanders, Kill el convita Sean. Yeah. If somebody comes into my house uninvited, they're obviously like forcefully entering my house. They're breaking into me. It's fucking 1.30 in the morning. They coming in. I have my children in their bedrooms. Wifey and I are in ours. You know, a little fucking, a little doggy, you know, a little puppy just hanging out, doing his thing. He doesn't bark. He barked for us today. And then he comes in and he starts raising a ruckus. Like, ah, I'm going to fucking take your children. Ah. And I come out like, I have a fucking gun. I have a bat. It's a more likely scenario. I'll grab my bat and I just start taking his legs out. You know, I do some jujitsu shit. Wah, wah. I hit him. Oh shit, I accidentally killed him throughout defending my home because this guy was going to, you know, whatever, steal my children, kidnap my children and fucking, I don't know, kill us. What am I doing? Did I do anything wrong? Am I going to jail? Uh, I don't think so. And that's no that you gave me. I mean, like I said, there's all these variables. I mean, you know, if you hit him 20 times and he was begging for you to stop and you hit him 20 more, okay, maybe at some point it's not okay. I'd like but to fancy my swing on one and done, sir. Yeah, yeah I think you'd be all right mm -hmm. you know, defending your house. I don't think there'd be too many people uh, who would fault you for uh, 
for defending your family. I don't get to talk to police officers very often. So you can wipe that little smile off. These are questions that are always coming to the forefront of my mind. Like, hey, what if this happened? Can I get, can I do this? I should be used would to I, this. Would I get away with this? You know, like, cause I've heard stories like a burglar comes in, slips on wet floor inside of a, the, the victim's house and the burglar ends up suing the fucking homeowners because they have a wet floor and they didn't have wet signs anywhere, wet floor signs. So that's the kind of shit I'm like, fuck man. I don't want to be caught in that position. If somebody's breaking into my house, I feel like at that point, there's no rules. There's no more. And if there is, I'll, I'll deal with those ramifications later. My objective is like, okay, I'm protecting my family and whoever's here trying to cause anything to my family, it's going down. Yeah, you, you definitely have the right to defend your family in that situation you gave, right? I mean, yeah, I don't see too many issues with- Because in Texas, what is it? The stand your ground law, I want to say, or Florida, one of those cool states. Um, you can fucking shoot anybody pretty much for any reason, dude. It's like, it's crazy. Are, are you a fan of those states? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I try to keep up with California law. I'm not oh sure about man, people ones. hate California, bro. Why? People hate police officers. They hate, they hate our, the way we operate as a government out here. They just don't like California. Why? Is it because we're so awesome and we're in the sun all the time? You know, I get it. The recall, the governor. There's a lot of things to hate about us. And, you know, we, don't, we, we try to stay away from all the politics. I live by the thing, if it works for my family, I'm going to do what's best for my family. I'm not going to fucking try to force you to do your thing and just because I see fit one way. You know, this isn't a religion. I'm not trying to sell you on anything. It's like, you know what? I have three kids. I have a wife. I have a little dog. These are the things I have to do to maintain and keep my family. That might not apply to you. So you do what you got to do to take care of your family. But don't fucking try to sell me. What's up now? <laughs> Is there a question in there? I, I, no, I feel like I needed to make a statement. <laughs> oh man, I just get giddy when you're here, man. Cause you're, cause you're a good dude. And I feel bad that, you know, cause I recently learned about ACAB, you know, like all cops are bad. All cops are bad. What does it stand for? All cops are bastards. All cops are bad. You know, like, I, and I'm like, I actually know a good cop. I don't know a lot of cops truth be told, but it's like, I know you. It's like, I know that you're not a bad dude. It's like, I know that you, I've seen you out there. You've sent me pictures. Hey, I'm out here. Like what's going on? Like, I know that you're a good dude and, and, and you play by the rules. So it must really chap your hide when you know police officers are purposely not playing by the rules, bro. I mean, it's- Oh yeah, I mean, no one wants to get rid of bad cops more than good cops. I mean, they hurt the profession. They, they make it harder for us to do our job. So yeah, there's, you know, like I said, we talked a little bit earlier about it. I think it's cool to hate right now, right? It's cool to be negative. Uh, no one wants to hear somebody- be supportive of somebody or something or talk about how- Let alone a police are. officer, well, bro, you know? It's a, right? I Jeez. Mean, we, we talked about that, yeah. right? Uh, a brewery on, uh, on the Eastern United States, right? They they had a, a blue line beer, right? And and what happened to their place? That is true. That is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were joking about that, but yeah, you're right. An actual, a brewery made a beer and I think it was like blue light, but you got to read the room, bro. You got to read the room again. Everybody hates on cops until they need a cop. You know, we talked about that scenario as well. You know, everybody likes to hate on, on certain things until hate on government until you fall in hard times and you require some sort of government assistance. Hate on police officers until you find yourself being surrounded by criminals in your house and you're like, oh shit, if only there was some sort of group of people that could come over here and help disperse this crowd. You know, like anti-cop people, anti-fire department people. I found out there's anti-fire department people. I found out there's anti, there's anti all people right now, sure. bro. There's a cancel culture, there's a, which leads me to the next thing that I wanted to like pick your brain on. Cause you technically you're, you're all city workers, correct? Yes. So as it relates to the vaccine, if there's a city mandate ordinance that comes through and says, all of you guys have to be vaccinated to complete the job. 
is that going to be an issue in Chula Vista? Is there a lot of people that like are like, oh, fuck that? Because I just recently found out that there's going to be like a like a walkout or an event where people just like, uh-uh, I'm anti-vaccine. You're not going to force me to do this. Now you're going to, it's almost like a day without a Mexican. Like when all the Mexicans called in sick, like, let's see how you guys fucking handle shit now. What a great movie. Yeah. And now it's like, well, actually, was shot down here. There was like scenes in Chula Vista in East Lake area. So now it's like, oh, you know what? We're walking out. I think it's a a, a, a smattering of, of professions. Like I know it's teachers and, and it could be healthcare workers. How is the police department handling this? Yeah. So uh, currently, and I, I will just tell you, I'm vaccinated. Okay. Currently, I will tell you, I didn't ask, bro. Let me, I don't know. <laughs> let me start there. Um, However, right now, the city of Chula Vista does not have a mandate for its current employees. However, they just made a new rule that uh, all new hires to the city of Chula Vista must be vaccinated prior to being hired. All areas of the city of Chula Vista, whether you're in the parks, whether you're in city government, whatever. Citywide. Mm. So it's brand new. So we're going to see if that affects, you know, uh, how many people we get to apply to the city. It's yet to be seen because it's pretty new. Um, as far as the police department right now, so the city puts out stats. So I could tell you our department is at 71% vaccinated. So um, 10 peeps, seven are vaccinated and there's yeah, three that, that are And like- that's for our uh, sworn personnel and our civilian personnel. Um, and, and citywide, we have, I don't think we have any departments that are 100%. You know, people feel a certain way uh, about their, their own health, um, want to make their own decisions. Now, if they were to mandate the vaccine, uh, I would say just like in any profession, you'll probably get a few people who, who don't want to comply and, and will probably leave. Uh, I, I, I could foresee that happening. Yeah. I, I think for the most part, um, you would get the officers who have not gotten it, uh, that they would go and get it. And I've actually heard from a lot of people that, um, as I, will, I will tell you, I got very sick after the second vaccination shot and all these other people who haven't gotten it are like, why do I want to do that to myself? I'm going to get sick when I take it. So I don't want to do that. Uh, but if that, it was mandated, they would go and get it. Like they, they value their job and their career. Um, uh, but you know, I like in any profession, I, I foresee people leaving. Um, if there was a mandate, what a crazy time, bro. It's wild. What a crazy fucking yeah. time. I mean, and again, I'm for whatever you feel is best for you and your family. But don't be surprised if certain fucking ramifications are going to happen because you're not, because you can live that way in your home and, and, and I'm not going to believe this. We don't believe in that. But if you have a job, if you have a career, at what point do you realize like, fuck, man, am I going to give all of this up? You know, I mean, and, and for every person, it's obviously different. I'm just kind of like talking out loud here, but it, it seems like it's a, it's a crazy position to put yourself in just to know that every action has its reaction, you know? And it's like, ugh. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, um. Uh... I don't look at uh, the people who haven't got vaccinated any less than the folks that, uh, that, that have, right? They all have their own beliefs. I respect that. Um, I'm, I'm a pro-choice uh, kind of guy by nature. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the laws are very clear, right? Any lawyer you speak to says that cities can mandate uh, vaccine, uh, vaccinations. Uh, so there's really no fight to be had. Now, some of these other um, businesses... Uh, like like Southwest Airlines right now, right? Yeah. Depending on what new station you you see, one says, "Oh, it's because uh, they're standing against the the vaccinations, right?" Fox, so that's why they're ahead. not coming to work. Right? <laughs> and then you have another one that's like, "Oh no, it's uh, due to weather, mm. right?" So yeah. who who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows who to believe, right? But I mean, I think it's a, it's in all professions. Uh, it's just going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. Oh man. Give me some updates. How's our city doing, bro? What, what, what is our city all about now as it relates to crime and violent crime? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, man. 
My kids are becoming very good at deciphering what the ghetto bird says on an every other day basis. You know, it's uh, wifey and I are like, what are you saying? What's going on? Huh? And the little, the, the little dudes are like, Hispanic male wearing a white shirt, dad. It's like, okay, so they obviously know what the heck is going on. Dude, there's so many ghetto birds in the hood now in the region. Like, obviously there's always been there. It's always been there, but I feel like they're, they're out there maybe like multiple times a week now. Maybe I just live in a bad part of Chula Vista now. We're, we're very busy right now. Um, nationally, you know, crime is way up. Violent crime is way up nationally. What, 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 is, uh, what constitutes violent crime? So violent crimes are going to be um, murder, attempted murder, assault, robberies, strong arm robberies, rape, you know, certain sex Holy crimes. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, the serious stuff. Right? Where is it worse? Well, what part of Chula Vista? I wouldn't say uh, it affects a certain part okay. more than the other, um, but I knew you were going to ask about the <laughs> Well, I would just tell you, so I, I took some numbers down. I prepared for you. Damn, violence. that's very Lieutenant-esque I, of you, I, sir. I, I prepared for That's how you get the job, man. So I'll just tell you, in San Diego County, violent crime's up 14% okay. for the first half of the year. So in general, in San Diego County, right? So that makes you feel a little bit better about Chula Vista, I think. Uh, <laughs> rape is up 23%. That's oh my a, God. That's a terrible statistic, right? Uh, aggravated assault up 20%. Um, the only thing that's down, residential burglaries, because people, people are, are home, working from home, yeah. right? So less less houses are getting broken into. A lot, a lot of people are home right now, uh, and gun crimes way up. So because a lot of people have guns now, yeah, guns are involved in, in homicides sixty percent more than last year. So that means there's homic- homicidal crimes that are forty percent non-gun, non-gun forty percent, like with their fucking hands. That's brutal. Knives. Jesus. Cars. Yeah. Bro, here in, in, in our beautiful city of Chula Vista? It hurts. Yeah. So we're at four homicides this year in the city of Chula Vista. We had nine last year. So homicides. And I remember when we talked last year, nine was a lot. It was a lot. Because well, as it relates to 2019, how many do we have? Like six? Uh, yeah. I think actually, yeah, we did. So six to nine to 13 now? Uh, four this year. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, And so- for us, I actually went to um, the Sandag uh, website because mm-hmm. you- They can, got some good stuff there. You, well, you can be pretty confident that those numbers are yeah. right, right? Because whenever somebody from the police department starts giving out numbers, everyone thinks they're going to be inflated or that we're trying to scare the community. Uh, Damn, and, you are prepared. Well, Lieutenant mentality. Look at honestly, you. Well, like seriously, right? I mean, to me, the facts are the facts. The numbers are the numbers and people can sway- certain numbers uh, one way, but I would just tell you overall crime in Chula Vista is up 7% this year, which doesn't sound terrible, but at 7% people, more people being victimized than they were last year. Violent crime in the city of Chula Vista is up 16%. Jesus Christ. This year. Um, and so that's, that's not great, right? That's not great for uh, people who live in our community, for our business owners who want people to keep coming to their businesses. Um, the West side seems like, oh man. Yeah, it seems, it seems like things are going crazy. It seems like things are up, you know, here on third Avenue, you know, we, we, we operate businesses that cater to that night lifestyle. So there's a lot of drinking on third Avenue. I'd like to associate all those crimes or fuck, but that's on violent crimes. That's, that's crazy. Cause we've seen some wild things on third Avenue. You know, we've some, seen fights uh, run out into the streets or people chasing people down the block and it, it gets crazy. I want to say maybe a little bit is a little stir crazy. People were locked up for so long. People were just kind of like, but that doesn't mean you get the opportunity to just wild out. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of the uh, opinion of a lot of people, yeah. right? That COVID 
Uh, it's not over, but mm-hmm. everything's opened back up now. And so people have been cooped up for so long. They got, they got a lot of energy. They want to get out. And uh, yeah, Third Avenue has kept us busy. I work the weekend graveyard shift, right? So I've, um, I'm on when, uh, when Third Avenue is- uh, we, So you work the graveyard shift. Yeah. What time does that start? So I start at uh, 6.30. 6.30 p.m. Yeah. And that ends at? 7 a.m. the next day. Jeez, so you're working th- 12 hours pretty much. Yeah, 12 and a half hour shift. Jesus Christ, man. That's a long time. Do you spend it all driving around all, all night or are you posted up at a specific spot or is the job take you where the job takes you? So for me being the Lieutenant, mm-hmm. um, I a lot, spend a lot of time at the station because mm-hmm. I have to approve arrests, uh, at the graveyard hour. There's, there's really nobody in the police department except for me, our dispatch center and the people working down in the jail. So I try to spend a lot of time actually in the building, right? Our patrol officers are in a car for the full 12 and a half hours. Is that primarily where all the shitty things occur? during the night, the graveyard shift. I'm assuming like most violent crimes don't happen at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. No, I mean, it's real hit and miss. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I was the homicide sergeant and, we, you know, as many uh, call outs as I had uh, overnight where I got woken up because we had someone who was the victim of a violent crime. I, I think I had equal amount during the day when yeah. we were already in the office. Yeah. I, Crimes happen for various reasons. I don't think people wait until it gets dark out to go wait till the sun goes down. Right, like you know, maybe uh, maybe certain types of crimes, like uh, like like robbery, right? Like uh, our businesses, like the Seven Elevens, uh, you know, convenience stores, stuff like that. Probably, I would guess if I looked at the numbers, it'll probably be higher um, at night when there's less people out. Um, but yeah, overall, I think you know, cr- crime uh, crime can happen at any time. What can we do as a community to protect ourselves, to kind of help curtail these numbers and skyrocketing further? Yeah, I would say report when stuff happens, right? Uh, A lot of times we go to a call and they were like, you know, this is an ongoing problem. It's never been addressed. And then we'll run the numbers and realize that this is the first time we've had the call. Mm. Like we haven't been notified about it before. So if there's a, if there's an issue that needs to be addressed, please call us and we can get it addressed. You find that that's not usually the common thing people would like to I know. I mean, we try to keep things under wraps here in our community. We don't like to, you know, we don't like to stick out like a sore thumb and be like, that guy did it. That guy did it. You know, it's like, it kind of goes back to that mentality. The snitches get stitches mentality, you know, not as, not as hardcore as, as the actual saying is, but I feel like a lot of people kind of keep to their own and be like, you know what? I ain't trying to get involved. I think of it like that. Like if if something happens and be like, you know what, man, I don't want to put my family in a predicament where some sort of retaliation is going to come my way. I'm just going to shut the fuck and let the police handle, do, do, do their job and do their due diligence, you know, but I'm going to wink and say it was over there, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, on a daily basis, right. We, we uh, will knock on doors, do witness checks and, and people will tell us, yeah, I don't want to get involved. Right. Oh, they, they won't, they don't want to say, I, I don't know. I don't know anything or I know everything. They just, they don't want to get involved. And you know, that, that's just kind of the nature of, uh, like you said, I think people are, some people are fearful of uh, retaliation. Yeah, man. I've had, I've had people come over to the, the house, you know, and like, Hey, we're such and such detective from this. Da, 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 da. What do you know about da, 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 da. I was like, man, I don't know nothing, bro. It's like, Oh, come on. You guys, like, I honestly, man, we were, we, we keep to ourselves. We don't talk to many people. We're just, you know, like, all right, well, here's my card just in case. I'm like, Ooh, I take that card and I'm buried in the junk drawer. And it's like, hopefully we never have to look at that again. You know, you don't want anybody, your friends to see it, right? Throw it away. Damn, dude, bro. I have you on the fucking podcast. <laughs> People know that I'm a friend with a police officer, a high ranking police officer, being that you're a high ranking police officer. One, have you ever had to deal 
with law enforcement, you know, on a personal level, being you're as a sergeant, maybe since you've been a lieutenant, not very long, like you said, it's been less than a year. Have you ever had to deal with law enforcement in your private life when you're out and about running errands, you know, you're out there going uh, fucking dick sporting goods, getting your, your freaking clubs regripped and all of a sudden, you know, whoop, whoop, you get pulled over for this, that, and the other. Have you ever had any sort of encounter with law enforcement? Sure. Yeah. I, well, um, previously when I worked a graveyard shift, mm-hmm. uh, I had a, a bike rack on the back of my truck and it covered my license plate. So I'd get pulled over all the time by the sheriff's department. How do those interactions go? At what point do you drop dick and say, hey, guy, lieutenant with a capital L? <laughs> I know. I just give my driver's license, my insurance card. And they go, do you know why I stopped you? And I'm like, is it because my license plate's covered by the bike rack? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I got stopped three times, you know, in the last like six months. Sir, at what point are you going to correct this issue? Yeah, I said, and I just tell them, you know, I, I don't leave the rack on all the time. When I take it out, I just get lazy and forget to take it off. And they go, okay, take it off and, and get it fixed, right? But I think, you know, for the most part, and I try to tell everybody this, um, I think in general, if you're respectful and mm. polite, you're probably going to get a warning yeah. from most police officers. If, if, you're, if you're not, if you're like, hey, I did not do what you're accusing me of doing, uh, I think they're more apt to write you a citation, uh, more of a, hey, you got to learn your lesson since you're not taking responsibility for it kind of thing. Um, that's different if you get pulled over by a cop on a motorcycle. That's his only job is to write tickets. So it doesn't matter. If you get pulled saying. over, you're, you're, getting, you're probably going to get a ticket. Really? I'll just be honest. Don't get pulled over. You looked up. You're going to get some shit, bro. Look at you. All right. I don't know. I've watched enough YouTube videos. I feel like I am uh, well-versed in the laws of my city that I, <laughs> I know how to get out and maneuver my way out of a fucking ticket. Do you guys get that a lot? I'm not saying anything. It's within my rights not to roll my window down. I'm not giving you my ID. How far do you guys let that shit go before you're like, all right, bro, we get it. You watch YouTube. Let, let's see. Yeah. No, I mean, it happens. Yeah. Right. I mean. How do I get out of a ticket, bro? What do I have to do? How do you get out of yeah. a ticket? Like what? Just, is, honestly, just play it nice. Well, be yeah, be a respectful dude. Don't speed to begin with. That's and, and shit. Oh, okay, bro. <laughs> you, you know people speed. You know people just, we're horrible drivers, bro. All of us. I've seen you drive. Don't fucking act like you're the best driver. I've seen you drive, bro. You're a bad driver. <laughs> How do we get out of tickets? I mean, it's just be nice. That's legitimately the way. That's it. Really? Ask, ask for a warning. Yeah. Oh, you can ask. What the fuck? You can ask for a warning? Why not? Officer, may I please have a warning? Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. I was in a hurry. I shouldn't have done that. I can I, would you please give me a warning? Is that is that possible? I know it's I know this isn't this. I mean, what is what does it hurt? In your history, what has been the most used excuse? on why somebody got pulled over. Excuse. I used one the one time I got pulled over. Uh, Tell me if you heard this before. All right. I had to get home. I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's a common one. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I really did. Yeah. I really had to go to the hey, restroom. When you got to go, you got to go. And funny, I got the I, I I got out of getting the ticket, but I lost the will to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, I was like, guess, guess it was just gas. <laughs> Damn, because you guys see it all, man. You yeah, guys I see mean, it fine. I... There's a reason for everything, right? Everybody's always in a hurry. We, we, we got to get everywhere in a, in, uh, as quick as we can, right? I mean, Scenarios. Do I go to jail? Or do I just get a ticket? I'm in my front yard. and I'm smoking a joint brought to you by Grasshopper. Most wonderful fucking dispensary in the history of West Chula Vista. 
I'm just hanging out in the, in the yard, you know, nobody's there. I'm grilling, you know, I'm in my backyard, I'm grilling and you just see smoke, but you smell weed. Can a police officer come and knock on my door and ask what's going on back there? Uh, so they probably wouldn't do that unless one of your neighbors called a complaint. Okay. That, that's number one. So I can't smoke in my own home. Yes. Yes, I can or no, I can't. Yes, you can. Oh, okay. Fuck that neighbor then. So, well, here's the issue. So this is a common call that we get. <laughs> All right. Now we're my getting na- into my it. My neighbors are smoking marijuana and they got kids inside. Ah, okay. So my kids are in Utah at that point. They're not, I'm alone. So that's a common call that we get, right? So from our end, what do we do with that, right? Do we knock on the door and, and say, hey, are these kids at risk, right? Because at that point, I think the concern is not that somebody's smoking weed, but it's because now their kids could be, you know, getting high as a result <laughs> of their parents smoking weed in the same room with them, right? So- you're there for a welfare check on the kids, right? Um, most of the calls that we get, because it's a common call of, you know, somebody's walking down the street smoking marijuana, right? What's going to happen to that guy? At most, probably yeah. didn't get a ticket. At most. You're going to pinch my sack? You're going to take my weed? Yeah, you'd probably. Really? So. That's got, oh, man. Well, it depends. You know, it's if you get a ticket, you need to collect evidence. Jesus. Okay, so it's gone. My joint is gone. Smoking. Jesus Christ. Ah. I get in trouble. I get a ticket. How much is a ticket for, for smoking I, on the, in public? I have no idea. I'm going to go. I would guess we, we write very few of those. If, really? If any at all. Yeah. So Chilvis Police is weed friendly. I wouldn't say that. I oh, would just say you we, just did, Lieutenant. You just did. We, we have <laughs> violent crime in our city that we need to address. Yeah. Right? We, yeah. we don't have enough cops to go around and write weed tickets all day. We just don't. That's just the, that's just the bottom line. True or false, you can get a DUI on a bicycle. True. Okay. True. How do you determine? You got to be pretty wild on a fucking bicycle if you're going to get a DUI though, right? It's uh, yeah, I, I don't actually think it's a, uh, it's, it's like intoxicated on a bicycle. I don't think it's like an actual DUI where you get DMV, get hit by the DMV or anything like that, but. Okay. So you have no like DMV ramifications on your license or anything? on a bicycle? Oh, okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's a guess. I'm not a traffic guy. I'll be honest with you're you. A, you're a lieutenant. I mean, Lieutenant have you, ever, have you ever seen a vehicle code book? Me? No, bro. It's like four inches. Thick. Oh, no, bro. It's absurd. Four inches, please, sir. <laughs> There's a lot. So. What else do I have of police questions? I have so many, but I looked into your eyes right now and I just lost my train of thought. I know. <laughs> you, uh, so I don't get in trouble for smoking weed. It's just because there's not enough police officers around to yeah. maintain. I can't get a DUI for riding my bicycle drunk. Okay. All right. Shit, I think that's, those are the only questions that apply to me. <laughs> you could, but I mean, if anything, you probably just- You guys have to know everything. Walk home, yeah. Because you know, if you get, if you pull somebody over, it's one thing I've realized, like by watching some of these people on YouTube that, you know, like they go around looking for the police department or, and to do shit, you know, like, oh, I'm going to see how can I provoke this person or get under this police officer's skin. Sure. Like, it just seems like those guys are like out there with a mission- how often do you find yourself in a position where there is a camera thrown in your face on a, on a, some sort of, cause you're patrol. So it, it could happen that you're out there pulling somebody over at three in the morning for driving recklessly and they pull out their fucking camera. Has that happened to you? Or have you ever, have you ever been on YouTube? Have you ever been put on the social medias, man? You know, I don't know. I'd, I'd like somebody to send me a link if I am. <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen it. Um, Oh, it happens all the time. Like when we come, you know, Third Avenue, right? Uh-huh. We're, we're going to be out here every weekend. There's something going on on Third Avenue just because it's the abundance of people, right? And people call us. That's when we come. Yeah. Uh, we're not 
we're not proactively patrolling Third Avenue. If we had the time to do, we would, because maybe that would help people. What's more dangerous, Third Avenue or Broadway? The Third Avenue uh, nightlife scene or the Broadway nightlife scene? I, honestly, I don't think either one of them are dangerous. I, I think that'd be a fair, unfair thing to say. I Probably Eastlake. We'll some, go with that. <laughs> I think it would happen. Some people, they just, uh, you know, they get they get the too much liquid courage in them. And, uh, and they say or do things that they normally would not. And I don't think it's a Broadway or Third Avenue thing. I think it just happens. Some people can't, can't handle their liquor, right? Breathalyzers. We're supposed to do this today. We, we, we had some, uh, some interference that I think you're going to work on. If I'm driving under the influence of, of alcohol, it's one thing. You can you know get a breathalyzer test and this, that, and the other, and ultimately determine, you know what? You are legally impaired. If somebody's driving under influence of like cannabis, what what's the protocol like? How do you determine if that person is is too um, intoxicated to operate a vehicle? Are there certain like sobriety tests, like field sobriety tests that you apply to these guys? Is it the same as being drunk? Like, do you guys handle those situations the same? So I would say it's the same in the in the sense of uh, most of the time you, you're getting stopped for poor driving, right? That's what led law enforcement to, uh, to focus on you. Right. Or, or we get calls all the time. Hey, so-and-so is leaving the restaurant and they have had too much to drink. Or, uh, my husband is leaving and he's had too much to drink. Right. Damn. The wife called it on the oh, it's a doggy dog world out there. Bro. Uh, why? <laughs> I don't know. You That's not a question. That's I crazy. Answer. Uh, but it happens where we get phone calls. And so then we're driving around looking for a vehicle. So then I'll, I'll just use that example. Right. So somebody calls from a restaurant and says, Hey, we've had this, uh, this customer has had too much to drink. and we The fucking establishment that was serving them called, yeah. oh my God. You know, well, I think people are fearful that they'll take some of the blame if they don't take action. Either that or maybe they've had someone who's who's been killed or affected by a drunk driver, right? And they feel really strongly about it. I think people forget, you know, um, when when you get arrested for DUI, you have to go to the, the, the MAD meetings, right? The Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Okay. You hear story after story of people who have lost loved ones. I've never had a DUI. Too drunk driving. Yeah, I'm, I, and I, I know you never will because you're responsible. Well, not even that, you know. Well, duh, yes, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, in order to, we we learned early on when we were applying for our liquor license through the ABC, which is a federally regulated license, you can't have a DUI and hold uh, like a permit, a, a license, a Type 23 to create, manufacture beer, distribute beer, retailing, you know? So I've, I've read like circumstances of like, Prominent people, actors, athletes, whatever, millionaires that have had a, a DUI and want to open an establishment, a bar, a brewery, a pub, whatever, whatever it may be. And they can't. And they're like, hey, man, well, I'll fucking pay you this much money or we'll do it. It's like, sorry, man, you, if you've got that on your history and your record, you, you're not eligible. So thank you, Jesus. I've always had the fucking foresight to either like call somebody to pick me up or just not drive. I hate driving in the first place, dude. I really hate driving. You ask my wife, she'll fucking attest to that. I'm a bad driver already. I got in a car accident once. Let you behind the curtain for a second. Um, behind the velvet rope. A little bit. I was going down uh, here, little neighborhood street, and uh, <laughs> I hit a car, bro. Like I, I veered to the right, phone was ringing, fucking fell. I kind of reached for it. Ah, and then I just, I hit a car. And my whole car got destroyed and da da da, da. And then I, I hit a car that was parked and then, there was some damage there. I got out of the car. I'm like, fuck, like this really just happened. Like the airbags went off and everything. And um, the guy comes out the house of the car, which the uh, house was parked in front of. He's like, bro, are you okay? Hey, hey. And then he kind of like 
realize, okay, he's fucking fine. So it kind of gets close. Have you been drinking? I was like, no, man, I'm not drinking. I was just distracted. Are you sure? You want a water? I was like, I'm not on coast. I like, yeah, I used to be a cop, bro. Just let me know. Have you been drinking? He's like, no, man, I'm, I'm tip top sober. Like I haven't, I haven't drank. And then just the cops, everybody came. I had to do a field sobriety test. He's like, hey, you been drinking? I was like, nah, man, I've been drinking. Boom, boom, boom. So I went through the whole motions, you know? And that was a real like eye opener. I was like, all right, cool. Like you got to go through a series of tests. You just can't say, no, I'm, I haven't been drinking. You know, like you, they, they, I feel like he was trying to like cross me up. Like he was asking me questions and where are you going and where do you live? And I said, dude, honestly, I live like three blocks from here. Fucking I'm going over here really quick. And I lost, you know, I, I wasn't focused. I was, I'm, I'm admitting that I looked down at the floor for my phone and I hit a car. It's like, all right, cool. You know what? Looks like you're all right. Shine. They shined the light in my eye. And I was like, what are they going to see, bro? Like, what the fuck? What do they look for? Like dilated eyes or something or what? Yeah. So first- mm. I will say you didn't have to do field sobriety tests. He asked you and okay. you said you would. I got nothing to hide. What? Right? I got nothing to hide. Well, and you know, <laughs> so that, that question comes up a lot, right? Like people call me all the time. Hey, you know, if I get stopped, do I have to do this? Well, it depends, right? There's a lot of liability for a police officer if they believe you're under the influence and you don't do field sobriety tests. There's a lot of liability. They let you drive away and you go and kill somebody. So they have an option you know, to make, like, are they going to arrest you even without the field sobriety test um, or not? And so, you know, I don't know if you want to chance that if you've not been drinking, why wouldn't you do the field sobriety mm -hmm. test so you can go on your way? Right. I mean, does that elevate the level of intensity on behalf of the cop? It's like, Ooh, you're negating a field sobriety test. Now my alarms are going off. Now I think you have been drinking. Yeah. You know, I, do you approach the situation a little differently after that? No, I think it's different for everybody, right? Maybe I was playing checker or poker with this guy and I was like, you know what? Yeah, give me a field sobriety test. Guess what, man? I excel at tests. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's a choice that you make to, to prove you're, you're sober or not. Um, I, I think most people do the tests uh, if they're sober enough to do them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, on the weekend, we, we make a lot of DUI arrests. I mean, there's a lot. DUI checkpoints is still a very heavy issue here in Chula Vista. I see the people always, hey, man, don't go down this road. There's a DUI checkpoint. Are you guys like, do you get upset when people leak out your information? Is that secret? Or do you guys have to announce to the community like, hey, we're going to be posted up on A and F or in between the hours of nine and one in the morning? Like, do you have to make that public announcement? So I think. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on the rules on that. I know, I believe we have to tell people that we're going to do a checkpoint. We never tell them where it's going to be. So I'm going to assume we don't have to do that because we're normally in compliance with all of those things. So um, I would say we probably announce it because we have to, um, but we don't tell people where they're going because we get beat up when we, even, even when we say, it, uh, you know, I follow all the social media feeds when we say, hey, there's going to be a checkpoint tomorrow and then there's, there's automatically 10 comments. Why do you tell these people that? Why, how do you, how do you want to prevent, uh, you know, drunk driving? If you're going to, if you're going to tell these people where the checkpoint or that you're going to have a checkpoint, right? So we can never do right or wrong uh, with those things. Um, but to go back to your question about why he shined light in your eyes, um, when you have alcohol in your system, uh, you have uncontrolled eye movements that just naturally occur from the alcohol in your system. It's called nystagmus. And so when they ask you to look left and look right, when they hold it out there to a certain point, if your eyes are bouncing, um, our DUI officers are extreme. They can probably give your uh, pretty close, your blood alcohol content simply by looking at your eyes. Really? Yeah. It's a, it's a science behind it. All the other tests, um, there are scientific um, like cues that they look for. 
uh, like the walk and turn test and, and such like that. Um, and when they go and testify to the core, they could say, oh, you know, like this, the walk and turn test has a 80 something percent, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the, the eye test is, is the one where they, I mean, like I said, our really good officers can give you probably your, your almost your exact blood alcohol content based on uh, what your eyes do. Do most of the DUIs originate from third Avenue and Broadway or? No, no. All right. No. Thank God. No, they're, they're citywide. It's nice, uh, man. yeah, no. You want to get me to say that there's oh. a problem. Is there? No. All right, good. Thank God. I want you to say there's no problem, bro. No, I mean. I just want to know what the hell the fucking, the, the ghetto birds are saying, bro. I don't know what they're saying. Is there like a hotline we can call? Is there like a website we can go to? That's a great question. So obviously we don't have our own helicopter. So when we. Who comes in? So it's either San Diego PD or the okay. Sheriff's Department. I think our first call is always to the Sheriff's Department because they're countywide. They're more regional asset, right? City of San Diego's helicopters for their city. However, they will assist us if we need it. The Sheriff's Department, if you go to their Twitter page, whenever they're making announcements, they will actually put the announcement on the Twitter page because they're, really? they are very hard to hear. And so people say that stuff all the time. It's like an airport. It's like, Latin man. I was like, what? <laughs> That's all I hear. You have to get it at the right angle. Mm. So where I live, there's quite a few helicopters that come out. And so I will go and stand out in my driveway and you have to wait until they hit a certain point And it's very clear. But after that, it's for the rest of the, you know, for like a 10 degree angle, it's clear. And then the other 350, it, you can't hear. With it. Say you're on patrol. Sure. So what in the morning, you know, you've hung out, you've probably had copious amounts of coffee already in your system. You're on a good one. You're, you're alert. You're attentive. You're, you're waiting for something to pop off. You've been bored. Suddenly you see some shit. Some guys, some guys in his car, ah, just hightailing. And you're like, what the fuck? How far can you chase him, follow him? into like national city before you got to turn back. Is that like a, a, a myth where it's like, oh shit, it's a whole different city. Now I got to turn back. I can't, I, I always hear like, you don't have jurisdiction in this area. Do I like, as a cop, do you have to do a U-turn at that point and be like, well, hey, you got me this time. Or do you, at that point, are you on the phone with somebody on the like, hey, I'm getting close to national city limits. Somebody from national city better get over here and take over where I leave off. Yeah, no. Uh, to go back on your first First point, a boring night for us is a very good night for the mm. city of Chula Vista, right? And it's spare me, bro. But, <laughs> so yeah, no, there's no uh, there's no jurisdictional issues there. Our, okay. our badges uh, say state of California, right? We're, we're peace officers in the state of California, so I'm not bound to Chula Vista. Now, I get paid to patrol the city of Chula Vista, right? They don't pay me to patrol National City. Uh, so if for some reason it's taking me a while, like a lot of times it happens, uh, an officer is following somebody and the radio is so busy, they just can't air their traffic stop. So by the time they're able to get on the radio, they might be into National City, cruising Island somewhere, right? And so they'll put out their traffic stop that they're in National City. Not that big a deal. <clears throat> it does happen. Uh, no problems there. Chula Vista's most hot topic right now. Like is, is there like a case that's like a, you guys are all on board with? Is there like a, what, what is that everything, everyone is currently like 100% focused on? Where is everyone's attention to? Like, I, I, I watched Chips growing up, bro. John Baker, Officer Poncharello, you know, El Sergeant, Tolpedo. And then it, it looks like you guys have like little like prep meetings, little, little rally meetings before you guys go out and hit the streets, you know? 
what is something that you, it, first off, does that happen? Do you guys have like meetings before you guys, everybody goes off and all right, guys, go get them, write all the tickets. Like, do you guys have those kind of pep rallies before you guys hit your, your shifts? We do have okay. informational briefings. In, no, go ahead. Called, I like pep rallies, but informational briefing works. They're called roll calls. Okay. So we go to roll call before work. Uh, basically what we do at roll call, we give out everybody's uh, beat assignments for the day. You're assigned a, a patrol beat uh, that you're responsible for. So we give out everybody's assignments for the day. We'll go over any current active calls that maybe the, the shift that we're relieving is actually on because they're going to need some relief. We go over any bulletins that have come out, uh, like wanted bulletins, officer safety bulletins, things that we need to be careful for. Uh, we tell our people, go out, be safe. Uh, we talk about COVID. COVID, I was, you're going to ask me what the hot topic, it's COVID. COVID, 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 COVID. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I think that's for probably for everyone, right? Um but right now, uh, for those who aren't vaccinated, they have to go through weekly testing. And so um, that's kind of the, I think, the topic for for us, for our city. Because um, it, I mean, just there's so many implications to it, right? Like you guys, I'm sure uh, when the, the shutdown happened, you, you know, it was tough for some businesses. Yeah, right? I mean, not all of us made it out, man. Right. I mean, there's some businesses that, you know, closed down and never reopened again. You know, fortunately on us, knock on wood. We're still here, you know, where we, we've, we've, we've played by the rules. We play by the rules first and foremost, you know, like well, there's nobody telling us that we have to force everybody and our staff to have a vaccine. Again, that's up to you. You know, we, we leave this up to personal responsibility, what you want to do short of like state mandates, everybody who works in the service industry needs to be vaccinated. Then fuck, we're going to have to cross that bridge when we get there. If you're going to an establishment, you have to provide proof of vaccine or like, you know, fucking thank God we don't have to, but if that ever happens and fuck, we have to cross that bridge when we get there. We like to play by the rules, but ultimately it's like, shit, man, less is more with me. You know, less has always been more, less interaction with this, less interaction with that, less fucking tolerance. This is like, just play it safe. I'm a weenie, bro. I'm a weenie. That's why I don't deal with police officers. I don't get in trouble. You know, that's why I try to keep my nose clean and just raise my little family, smoke my weed in my house, my property. Cause I know you can't get me. It will never take me alive. Copper. <laughs> that's your favorite word that it copper no weenie weenie oh weenie. bro i say weenie a lot you do i think you it's because of my kids You're i'm learning I'm, I'm infatuated with the weenie <laughs> oh, man. what's up with cancel culture in the police world is there such a thing i mean people don't like you already but cancel culture within i'm a likable guy i agree I agree. Yeah, I'm not going to say you are. I, unfortunately, dude, I've never dealt with anybody that, but again, my fucking vanilla experiences. You're a weenie. Yeah, I'm a weenie. Like I, my experiences with police officers are primarily non-existent. I've talked my way out of uh, uh, the only situations I've been in, you know, fortunately. Uh, I do have one traffic ticket under my belt, you know, whatever. These things happen. But I mean, is there a, because we were just talking about John Gruden earlier, you know, getting fired for, for emails that he sent, you know, very yeah. bad taste, very bad form. In all honesty, I haven't read them all, but just by listening to topic of conversation upstairs in the brewery right now was that like, oh, this, that, and just, so I got the gist of what was said. Um, is that some shit that could happen in, in, in the police world? You know, like some guy says some outlandish shit while they're out on patrol and it comes back. Are you all of a sudden ostracized within the police the, the police world or do relationships with media? Like, can they ultimately like cancel culture you guys or just shit like that? I'm curious because cancel culture seems to be affecting everything. Yeah, no, I think, I think our, our profession's, you know, uh, no different where we could be affected by something like that. I think 
Um, where I would see it the most is I think with our police chief, right? Our police chief, um, you know, cause I see it nationally. Right? That's a tough a, gig, a bro. Police chief comes out in support of something or against something and the city council or the county board of directors doesn't like it. And next thing you know, that the chief's getting fired. Right. And I don't know you want to call that council culture, but, um, for not, you know, well, cause you talked about having that brewery make that thin blue line. I don't even know if that's the name of the beer. But it was something like- It was a blue line beer. Something like that. Okay, alluding to that. And I don't remember where the brewery's from. Why even venture down? You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make any new friends like that. You know, it just seems like an unnecessary risk. You know, I support a lot of things. I'm not gonna put it out there. You know, like people don't want me to make a beer in support of a religion. You know, people don't want me to make a, a, a beer in support of this. It's, it's just unnecessary. Do we support police? Duh, you know, like- you guys have your, your association and, and we feed you beer, you know, it gets us out of tickets, whatever, whatever. I believe the phrase is quid pro quo. Is that what they said? That is not true. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's like, ah, I don't know. The turkey with the longest neck will get his hit. It will always get it chopped off. You know, the squeaky wheel will always get the grease. Those are like the things I let. So that's why I'm always like low key. What's going on in the block? I don't know. I just worry about what's going on at three punks. What's going on? Like, Bro, you're asking the wrong guy. I'm just focused on what's going on here. You know, but what I really wanted to do today was get that breathalyzer test, bro. Please work on that with, with whoever is in charge of making that happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. I think it could be educational. And uh, that's how you got to spin it. Yeah, no. It, Ultimately, I mean, Emo Brown is education. That would be why we would do it for sure. What are the bad, neg what are the negative ramifications of having it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe I, it was my fault. I didn't give enough notice. I should have given. You, you had to run it by Sunday. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's using city property, so. Yeah. I'm a city taxpayer. I mean, yes, you are. I mean, shit. How often do you get told, I pay your your wages? Not as lot as I Your use. salary is on my dime. Yeah, no, now, now, I, now I get F-bombs and- Really? Yeah, middle fingers. What's the worst part of being a police officer? The worst, I don't think there is a worst part. No? I, I, I love my job. Uh -huh. I, I go, I'm very proud of what I do. I don't shy away from it. Obviously I'm here talking to you about it. Um, there are uh, people who have given our profession a black eye. Um, no doubt. Um, there are people who've had bad experiences with the police, right? I don't undermine any of that. When somebody tells me, oh, I don't like cops. And my first question is, well, tell me why. Have you ever had a bad experience with a police officer? Most of the time people say no. Mm. Most of the time. Every once in a while somebody goes, yeah, let me tell you about it. And they tell me about it and I go, yeah. yeah, fuck cops too, huh? Yeah. I, you know what? Yeah. You know what? You're right. I, I think that is a bad experience that would have left a bad taste in my uh. mouth as well, right? It it happens. Um, I don't make excuses for it. You know, um, for me, I feel like we need community support to do our job. Uh, you can't get community support if you're treating people unfairly um, or you're treating them as a, as a lesser, right? Um, I don't think our folks go out to do that. Uh, or cops in general. I don't think they're about to do that. I think there's a culture in certain police departments like you've seen uh, in Minneapolis, right? I mean, you, uh, Derek Chauvin uh, comes out and how many complaints did he have before that happened, right? Like there was a culture in that department that made something okay when it wasn't okay. That right? department's going to reach out to you guys and they'll be like, hey man, we have one of your lieutenants right. just out landishly accusing us of shit. No, that was, I saw that on the news. So okay, okay, cool. I, it was YouTube, so it must be true. <laughs> it must right? be true. No, but I think, you know, uh, our department, we have a culture that obviously that's not tolerated. That's not okay. Um, it starts at the top. 
And, you know, I'm, people don't like to be arrested. People don't like to get tickets. People are going to complain. My first question when somebody, because as a lieutenant, I get a lot of complaints. I'll, t- I'll just take the complaints. My first question is, were, were you treated rude or unprofessionally, right? Well, no, the officer was very nice. However, he gave me a ticket. Mm, and I don't like that. Yeah. And so, okay, you know, I could have got a warning. You could have, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and we, we don't mandate officers write tickets. Um, you know, maybe you, you deserved it. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. It's not for me to say, right? Uh, I wasn't the one issuing the ticket. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, 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 there's a culture within every single business, right? Um, and no different than at our department. Uh, no different than any other department within the city, right? Uh, certain things are tolerated. Certain things aren't. And I think that's what it boils down to. There's certain police agencies that are always in the news for stuff, right? Uh, I, LAPD Rampart always comes to mind, right? Like infamous, right? For scandals. And, Dude, there's been documentaries yeah. on, on them, you know? Yeah, 100%, right? Um, what yeah. movie best illustrates what the police officer life is like? Training Day, <laughs> Vinci Colors, El Pac-Man. Um, None of them. I, I'd say... Uh, uh, Lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, right? No. I mean, I, I think uh, police movies are very exciting, but none of them are real. Because honestly, real life police movie would be very boring. Yeah. It'd boring be- enough to take us on a, on a, what's that, a ride along? Yeah. I told you. I still owe you a ride along. I'm, I'm going to get you out there. Do I have to wear a bulletproof vest or what? I how will to- give you one to wear. Do sure. I need one? Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. Around a police car, you should be wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah. Why? Are you guys just targets? Just, Jesus Christ, bro. I don't know if I want to do that. I'm down down. Do I get a gun? Do I have to go through training? Am I going to be packing? What's going on? Do you guys have giveaways? Do I take a taser home? I I'll, maybe I'll have a water gun for you. Okay, cool. Maybe that would be appropriate. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, I think it, honestly, it's, I think it's, uh, it'd be very good. Um, we used to run a citizens police Academy where uh-huh. we would run citizens through, um, God, I don't even know how long it is, like 12 weeks. They go one day a week and they go through, they get training classes on like what we do as a police department. Super important so that people in the community can Absolutely. learn about yeah, our department. You're bridging right? the gap. Part of that Citizens Academy was going on a ride along. And we haven't run one in a while, obviously because of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of shut down there. But I think uh, programs like that and ride alongs are very important to uh, to getting community support, to, to earning back that trust that we, we've lost. You guys got to bridge that gap. It's true. 100%. Education and just reaching out. All yeah. right, I'm in, man. I'm, I'm going to bring one of my, one of my partners in, in crime and then you can, we can go out there and fight crime together. Well, this ain't a this ain't a party. Oh, it's a party. All of a sudden, bro, it's on. Teasing wheel right in the back. Just fucking act like we're I'll criminals just, or whatever. I'll be your, your Uber. I'm not even going to wear a shirt. I'm just going to wear the bulletproof vest, bro. No <laughs> shirt on. Just gangs of shit. <laughs> I'd probably get oh, a complaint about that. Are you going to be police chief? Is that the goal? That is not my goal. It is not? No. My goal is to be successful in my current role. Mm-hmm. We have a good chief right now. Well, duh. Yeah. She gets down. She's going to stay there forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, not necessarily just here. You can be up, you can apply to be chief anywhere else. Is your ultimate goal That's to true. become a chief? No. No. At this point in time, no. Damn. Politics, they, huh? Well, the, you know, the chiefs move around a lot. Like yeah. last, our last two chiefs came from other agencies, right? Chief Bejarano came from San Diego PD. Uh, Chief Emerson, prior to that, he came from, I want to say Anaheim or one of the agencies, uh, Pasadena, I believe okay. it was. Um, so the police chiefs do move around. Like we do hire. Our current chief is from. She was she started her whole career here in Tula Vista. Mm-hmm. So she's um, 
Dude, our city is run by three very strong women. Our police chief, our mayor, and our city manager. This is true. That's awesome, man. This is true. We're leading the way. Yeah. We are leading the way. Chula Vista is very diverse, including our police department. Oyos. Sir. I think I've said enough. Wait, diverse. Does that mean you became lieutenant because you're Mexican? <laughs> Were you? Did, that that thought, would have been way easier. Bro, that I thought the police didn't believe in quotas. I, you check a box. Like, wait a second. Let's put this guy in here. God, if that was true, I would have made a lieutenant a long time ago. How long did you try to become lieutenant? Uh, actually, that was the first time I tested. Yeah. I better learn, bro. I loved, I loved my last job. I didn't want to do anything else. How difficult is it to be a police officer's wife? How is it to be uh, in the family where the head of the, the dad is a police officer? Is that a difficult role for them to play? Do they deal with a lot of fucking bullshit on the side? Do they catch a lot of grief? You know, I have to ask my wife that question. I think um, for the most part, I think my wife's family is very supportive. Uh, we went to high school together. So I think our friends for the most part are all supportive. Um, but her getting grief uh, from her friends who don't know um, about, you know, law enforcement life. I, I don't know if she gets grief. And I, I think the kids, I, I think... I can speak for my kids. I think they're very proud of what I do, right? I speak very highly of what I do. Um, my son was an explorer with our police department. Absolutely loved it. I didn't know if he would or not. Enjoyed the heck out of it. He only is not an explorer anymore because he turned 21 and he aged out of the program. My middle kid wants to be a police officer. It's a good kid. He's like, I want to be a police officer. You're not going to look. You don't want to know the reason why, bro. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. We went down the list. Like, what do you want to be? He's like, oh, I want to architect or whatever, like my oldest. And then my little one, oh, you know, it's too little to really like nail anything down. We asked our middle kid, what do you want? I'm a police officer. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Good job. Like, why? I want to shoot people. I was like, Jesus Christ, fucking guy watches too much TV, bro. Obviously. Too many police. If I wanted to become a police officer from right now, how long before I'm in a badge? Assuming, you know, smooth sailing. I passed my test, my mental exam, my written exam, my physical, my physical exam from day one to graduation, to getting my badge. What is the turnaround time? Well, I would say probably right now our background process takes about four months. Mm. I'm going to guess four months. Police Academy is about four months. Mm. Uh, and then you, when you get out of Police Academy, you start 12 weeks of field training. So that's another three months. So I'm looking at a solid year. At least. Yeah, okay. Before you're uh, on your own in a patrol car. Patrolling the streets. Doing donuts in the parking lot. Mm, eating, goals. Eating donuts in the parking lot. Is that lot. true or false? You have like a fucking three donut, a shift fucking habit. <laughs> There's pictures. Yeah. No, not anymore. Right. As the older you get, your metabolism slow down. You What's the copper hangout? Can't eat as many. Where, where, where do you guys go the most usually to, to have lunch? Oh my gosh. Um, Don't sell your team out, bro. They'll, they'll get you. For lunch? You know what? Everybody's very particular. Yeah. About We have a lot of health. Do, do people buy you food when you pop into a restaurant or, or whatever? You, you like to what? see a cop come in and be like, you know what? Let me buy that dude, a, you know, usually some like uh, bootlicker. Let me buy this dude a fucking burger, you know? It happens. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I, I think people, um, there are people who support us out there that, that want to do nice things for Scale us. of one to 10, how supported do you feel by the community? Well, I would say in the Chula Vista community, I feel yeah. very supported. Okay. I, I, I would say it's like a nine out of 10. Really? For our city. So you're content with the current climate yeah. of relations between community and uh, police officers? Oh, absolutely. I, okay. I think I, I didn't give it a 10 out of 10 because there's always going to be a segment of the community who 
has had a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Shame on us. Uh, who uh, doesn't think we're doing enough. Um, we're never around when they need us, right? Like the traffic uh, situation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's going to be people we can't make happy, but I, I feel like in, in our city, we're very, so I feel like our police department is extremely lucky. Uh, I attribute that a lot to us and how we deal with the community, how we interact. Um, but I feel like we're very supported in our city. And the fact that we didn't have the protests um, and the vandalism or the rioting that you saw in other cities is a testament to that, to my, fi- my feeling that way. Without naming the area. Is there a place in Chula Vista that as a whole, you guys are like, oh, we got to go there again. Like a part of town where it's like, oh, here again, again. No. Is there an eyesore within our fair city of Chula Vista? No, not, not geographically. No. I mean, there's, there's problem um, addresses, Mm -hmm. obviously. Oh, really? Yeah. Where we, you know, we constantly go back to, um, and we're trying to figure out a way, how do we stop? these problems from occurring at that address. Uh, but geographically, no, I, I would say there's, there's not any place that we don't like to go or that we, you know, we concentrate on more than the other. Uh, our, it's fair to say the entire city uh, is in dire need of our attention. Jesus Christ. We've said it all, brother. I think so. I think, it, I, think I know everything I need to learn about a police officer. I'm going to get a bulletproof vest. I am going to ride in the back seat. We're going to be doing breathalyzer tests around the community. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready, man. Deputy Doofy me. I'm ready. I'm ready to go forward. <laughs> what else? You have anything to say before we wrap this bad boy up? No, I make your chief proud, bro. Make your chief proud. I, no, I appreciate you having, uh, having me on. I know she's very supportive of us doing uh, things just like this in the community. Right. So people can, can kind of hear, uh, hear from us when we're not in a uniform somewhere, you know, telling somebody they, they're doing something that they shouldn't. Uh, I think it's important. It scares me how many people listen to these, man. And to, to your episode specifically, I was going over the numbers with you about how many streams um, your last episode got. And it's like, geez, that's a lot of ears. That's pretty cool. That's I, a lot. That's a lot of ears that listen to this. And, you know, I mean, we, we do a lot of like humorous things, you know, it's, well, I'm not a KPBS type of a format for say where it's, informative and, and I got you and explain this and explain that. Cause one, that's not my, my intent is not that my, my intent is to show people that look like me doing jobs that normally we don't do, you know, like you, you're a Mexican dude and you're a Lieutenant in the Chula Vista police department, the second largest city within the County of San Diego. That's a big deal. Whether you, you like realize it or not, that's a huge deal. You put on your uniform, you go to work with the, knowing full well that there's a chance you might not come back home. You know, that, that takes a lot of guts. And I'm ta- talking about this specifically yesterday, man. I work at UPS. And yesterday, UPS are just doing his job, bro. And a fucking plane come and crashes into it. So imagine that, like, you're a police officer. You go, you, so for me, it's like, all right, I want to shed light on the different jobs and roles that people take. But more importantly, like, you know, you look like me. You are, you're Mexican like me. And it's like, oh, how did you get to this? Why did you even do this? Being Mexican, knowing what our culture feels about, like the relationship between police officers, law enforcement, and us in our community, why would you do it? And you have in the last two visits told me why. And it's like, cool. If you weren't a police officer, I think we'd have the same relationship. You know, you're a cool dude. I, 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 I like you. You like me. You know, we have a nice little relationship. We've had whiskeys in the past. You know, we talk. 
in the treehouse. In the treehouse. Tree I think it's cool, you know, that I'm in a position where I can reach out and, and highlight what you guys do. You know, I'd love to get the fire department, but she might fucking know Daryl Roberts, bro, running for office. He wants to, you know, wants to keep his secret secrets. He wants to want him to come out here. He's very busy doing commercials and shit. If you did a video podcast. He'd oh, bro. Video. Once we get the video component up and running, he will not leave me alone. Hey, let me do it again. Weekly segment, weekly segment. <laughs> fucking guy. But no, I just wanted to make sure like people understand that there's more than you think is out there. You know, just, just because, you know, you've been told that all police officers are assholes or I hate coppers, you know? For every hundred that you hate, there's going to be one dude that you probably like. One police officer, that's cool. People that have come here for, to the brewery to hang out, obviously I don't see them in their, their work environment, you know. Disclaimer, not saying that a lot of police officers, you know, come in here and, and wild out. I'm not saying that. We but, support local. But, I, but I've, seen, I've seen you guys do your rounds on the block, you know, and uh, post work and just kind of, you know, let your hair down, so to speak. You know, and the interactions I've had take it for what it's worth. They've been cool. You know, like I'm like, all right, cool. Very nice. And there, it is a very diverse culture in the police department in Chula Vista. Again, I only speak for the one here. You know, I, I've seen all types of people, all types of demographics within the Chula Vista police department. seems like a very nice culture to work in. Again, I don't know the deep, dark, dirty secrets and everything that goes on. I don't want to know. I just want to know that if I ever need you guys, you guys are going to be there and that's it, man. So long as you guys are doing your job the way it needs to be done and us as citizens are doing what we need to do without purposely obstructing, I think it's a, it's a pretty healthy relationship, you know? Thank you, Lieutenant Oils, for coming in and pulling back the curtain on the day of a police officer fucking in the office, bro. I thought you were going to tell me you were out in the street. You just turned on your sirens. Just, hey, real talk before we leave. You turn on your siren when there's traffic and you just try to avoid traffic? <laughs> That's real, huh? No. Fuck, man. Why are you debunking you, all the cool if shit? If you did that and got into an accident, you'd be in big trouble. Yeah? So don't get in an accident. Yeah, don't get in an accident. I, I do want to say in closing, mm. how many of your listeners know that you have a police lieutenant who's part of the Emo Brown Social Club? Well, you let the cat out of the bag there. Bro, I, you, this just tells me that you don't listen. Every Monday we do a show called Metiche Monday. And on Metiche Monday, I go down the list of all of the people who are social club members. And I always say, here he is, our lieutenant, David Hoyos. You know, so I mean, miss, miss me with that, bro. Come on, guy. You, you, you do too many now. I can't keep up. Three a week. Three a week. That's a lot. You can do it. It is what it is, bro. Yes. Oyos, thank you. I look forward to seeing you again soon. We got beers for you. We got signs. We got so many shit for you. It's on, bro. This relationship's not ending. Thank you very much for coming in, bro. I look forward to seeing you. Tell your chief, we're on board with whatever you guys need. Get us in a patrol car, bro. We will only make your life easier.